So we're going to roll through the Newcastle Casino top five stories of the day. But I, I figured the best way to kick off hour number three would just to share everything we know on what is truly big story number one, not just in the sports world, but you know maybe if you pull back a little bit, the biggest story uh, going on in our, in our country, in the world right now. Listen, I understand there's bigger issues, but this is something you just don't see in sports and you don't see – you know, in, in 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 life on live TV, where you literally saw a man who was fighting for his life on the field, suffering a cardiac event, and we're watching it play out live in front of our eyes and seeing the reaction from his teammates. So, before we kick off the true top five stories of the day, we know that big story number one is everything surrounding the Demar Hamlin case. So, if if you missed any of it last night, spend about the next five or six minutes going back through some of the plays. This is. Uh, this is what it sounded like on, I believe this is ESPN, the TV call, maybe? Cincinnati. No, no, this is on the, the Bills radio network. Here on Cincinnati sideline empties. This is difficult to watch here. As Eric said, it, it does remind you how even though, despite the best efforts to make this a safer game at the league level, there are always certain kinds of hits that can take place in games like this. It's tough to understand even what exactly happened here because he essentially goes to the ground, makes the tackle, he stands up on his own power, doesn't take a big shot, and then faints backwards. And his body was motionless and kind of limp. And I don't know if that snap when he fell straight to his back, if that snap is what caused the potential spine injury. We're not creating out, you know. Or maybe we're not, he was concussed. Yeah, and- yeah, we don't want to make any unnecessary assumptions right now, but that that's what it looked like to me when I got to see the replay. There you go. I didn't even think about any of this last night, but go ahead. the radio broadcast had to be so difficult. Oh, terrible. Terrible, because you just don't know. Yeah, they're not getting the same live information from the TV broadcast that others are, or they really need you know somebody to kind of relay some of that information back, because that right there... There's probably somebody that's going to hear that and say, you know be critical in some way, shape, or form of it. That's just not an easy position to be in as a broadcaster. Trying to you're trying to not speculate, but you're kind of speculating a little bit. I mean, that's just uncomfortable. Yeah, and then you know who do you talk to, right? Who do you go talk to? You don't want to talk to anyone's family because they're in shock. You, you yourself, depending on where you were on the field, you're you're probably in shock too. Uh, you don't want to be bothering team doctors or trainers because, you know, they're in a the process of trying to save this man's life. Game operations is something that is probably the furthest thing from your mind. It's it's a tough situation. And then you finally got the announcement at 9.01 last night. I think they might be taking the team to the locker room, guys. Wow. I think they're taking the team off the field. Yeah, they are. The game has been temporarily suspended to further notification. So the game, as you heard head referee Sean Smith say, has been temporarily suspended. So that came, I'm sorry, that came at 818 last night. Then at 901, you kind of got word that, hey, head for the exits. Let's let's all try to, you know, put our best wishes towards Damar Hamlin and see where we go from there. Now, uh, there were a couple of obvious, you know, moments last night to where we were able to get some information. Here was ESPN and you know what Again, he went straight to the hospital, right? And so here was Coley Harvey's report from there. Coley Harvey joins us now uh, outside the hospital there. And, and Coley, as I said when we came on, we, 
we, we deal with what we know. Uh, not what we want to know, but what we know. At the moment, 1034 Eastern Time, what do we know? Uh, well, Scott, there is not much that we do know other than the fact that as the NFL just released moments ago in a statement that DeMar Hamlin is in critical condition inside the hospital behind me. What I can tell you is that I'm about a block away from the emergency room where he was transported uh, about an hour or so ago uh, to this location. Uh, we're starting to actually see fans who were at the ball game who've made their way over here, both Bills fans and Bengals fans. I actually just heard from a Bengals fan who said, hey, we had to show up because this is bigger than football at this point. We're praying for him, and we have to, to show that respect uh, to the humanity uh, of, of, of someone, not just to the game of football itself. Uh, what we can also tell you is that after the game at Paycor Stadium, neither team uh, spoke. There were no press conferences. The team's uh, showing that level of deference uh, at this particular moment. Um, again, there's so much speculation going on on social media at this point. There are uh, s several unconfirmed reports of what is indeed happening and what indeed happened on the field. I can tell you what I saw from the press box was uh, the administering of uh, some type of of uh, uh, care, uh, uh, whether it was CPR, uh, is, is what it appeared to me at that time. Um, I can also tell you we saw the ambulance come onto the field and the players from both teams taking that knee uh, in solidarity as their thoughts are certainly with, uh, with DeMar Hamlin. So that was Coley Harvey's report. Here was, you know, we then got news that, okay, the Cincinnati Hospital is going to give us an update later on this evening. But Ben Baby reported, hey, no, that's that's not happening. University uh, spokesperson has said that there will not be a press conference tonight. So we will continue to keep waiting for updates again. That's what our Coley Harvey has said. And let's see, was there anything else? I, th I think that's really about it because the statement came out from the Bills overnight, which laid out the scenario um, and, and kind of just magnified a few of the things that we, we didn't know. Here's that statement that was on Twitter, quote, DeMar Hamlin suffered a cardiac arrest following a hit on the game versus the Bengals. Uh, his heartbeat was restored on the field, and he was transferred to UC Medical Center for further testing and treatment. He is currently sedated and listed in critical condition. Now, that's the last update we have on DeMar Hamlin's status. The update from the family this morning was one of gratitude and thanks um, that just hit Twitter and social media. Uh, the update from the NFLPA laid out the constant conversation that's taking place between the Bills and and the Bengals, the National Football League, and just trying to do what they can to make sure that the players have the resources necessary from dealing with it. So that last night, the update from the Bills is really, truly the only update we have on DeMar and his current status. Though so the the family's update doesn't really give you a feel as to kind of how he's doing, except that, hey, continue to pray, right, if I'm, if I'm reading this right? Well, yes, and – Really just a, a thank you, I think, yeah. for the outpouring of love and support that DeMar and the family has received. And I think they were, just reading their release, Plank, I think they were touched that his uh, his foundation got the types of donations that it True. received, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that's that's what we know on the DeMar uh, DeMar Har Har Hamlin situation as we sit here at 11.10 a.m. So really no easy way to segue, but let's hit other stories going on. Top five stories of the day presented by Newcastle Casino. Here we go. Big story. It's Ooh. time for the top five play this? stories yeah, of the day. 
Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107, 14 different table games, including blackjack, three-card poker, ultimate Texas Hold'em, and Baccarat, uh, newcastlecasino.com. All right, big story number five. Number five. <laughs> Boy, OU basketball, what a performance on New Year's Eve. I know we're going back a couple of days now on, on Saturday, but – there is some excitement brewing. Tough loss. They fall to 9-4. and four. Officials didn't help them out too much. Wednesday night against Iowa State. And I think more than anything else, the one thing that we have learned, Josh Helmer, is, and this is no shock to anyone, this is not going to be an easy year in the Big 12. <laughs> this is, from top to bottom, one of the, if not the most challenging college basketball conferences in the country. Here's your Big 12 net rankings right now. You have two teams in the top 10, four or five teams total in the top 27. Kansas is six, Texas is nine. Oklahoma is 44, which would, what, get them in the big dance, right? Oh, they got nine of the teams right now in the big dance from the Big 12, and according Oklahoma's to Bracketology, and the Sooners are one of them. Yeah, and then this is from this morning at 8 o'clock from Lenardi. I think he's at the stage of the season where twice a week he'll have a bracketology update. So this is from this morning. He has Oklahoma in the last four buys section, Plank. Sure. So that's uh, one of the final eight in, so not the last four in, kind of right before that the last four buys, as a 10 seed in Sacramento playing New Mexico. Obviously, (laughs) a lot of basketball between now and the – Tournament bracket getting unveiled, but just sort of where one of the experts sees Oklahoma is on the right side of the bubble currently. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, on the women's side of thing, man, the Sooners continue to roll. They've got a massive game tonight inside the Lloyd Noble Center, 6 o'clock tip as the Sooners square off against Baylor. Oh, you absolutely rolled West Virginia in Morgantown, 98-77 to on New Year's Eve. Now they get Baylor coming up tonight. 6 o'clock inside the LNC and then turn around for a Sunday showdown with Iowa State in Ames. I think I think I got some trips coming up with basketball, Josh. I think I go with them next Wednesday to Texas Tech, I think. I think I go with them the following road trip to Fort Worth, which they might consider me – well, no, no, it was, it was Waco when we went to and we got stuck down there <laughs> a couple, last year because of the weather. But, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how things are. They're really playing good basketball. OU women home tonight inside the LNC. Big story number four. Number four. So, again, we're following the DeMar Hamlin situation, and we don't have any updates. And it did, honestly, I'm not complaining about this, but it did overshadow quite an incredible night in the NBA for one Donovan Mitchell, who scored – 71 points. You heard that right. 71 points for the Cavs last night. In fact, uh, here's a little taste of just how good Donovan Mitchell was last night for the – I almost – and by the way, I keep wanting to say Utah Jazz whenever I talk about Donovan Mitchell. Maybe it's Understandable. Maybe at some point I'll get over it. So Mitchell line right. Sends it up, no good. Rebound, put back up and in! Donovan hit it! Donovan Mitchell followed his own miss! Put it in! 130 to 130! Yeah, it was, um, I gotta say, for a move that I 
when it happened, I didn't think too terribly much of. It's like, oh, you know, that, that, that's pretty good, man. I think that's going to make the Cavs a pretty good basketball team. Didn't realize it would make them this good. 71-point game, 145-134. The Cavs win in overtime. They improved to 24-14 and 14 on the season. Tonight in the National Basketball Association, Josh Helmer, you get the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Boston Celtics. Let's go. One of the few trips the Celtics make to OKC tonight, Paycom Center. 7 o'clock tip in the association as the Thunder look to get back on track. Anything else from the NBA we need to add? LeBron scoring a lot of points. I think we're good there, right? I think we're good. Think we're good. Le- LeBron had some uh, interesting birthday comments, right? <sighs> a bunch of people were reacting to. Thinking that, you know, one of these dudes that every single time you – you, you think that he is going to stick around in L.A.? He says something, you're like, whoa. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. All right, big story number three. Number three. Of course, in the NFL, again, all eyes on the DeMar Hamlin situation, but there's a couple of other issues the National Football League we've been keeping an eye on. Like, for instance, Jeff Saturday is not happy with Kayvon Thibodeau. Tasteless uh, from, the, from the celebration afterwards, just, you know, trash. Not a fan of it at all. Yeah, disappointed uh, from from – from the O-line perspective or and for teammates in general. So if you missed it, Kayvon Thibodeau literally KO'd Nick Foles over the weekend. And while Foles was laying – I'm not laughing. I'm not laughing. While, while Foles was laying there knocked out, Kayvon Thibodeau was doing snow angels on the field right next to him. Giants, by the way, did clinch a playoff berth. Jeff Saturday not happy. Did Thibodeau know that he was down injured? <sighs> I don't think so. Because the context there is right pivotal. If he knew that he's down injured, then I agree with Saturday. It is tasteless. Now, Thibodeau did say that he didn't realize that Foles was injured. He said, after a sack, I celebrate. Um, but I think when I did realize he was hurt, that's when we started getting up. When you're doing the celebration, you're not looking to see who is doing what. I hope he gets well, and I hope he is all right. So I'll take him at face value there, and Jeff say, Saturday's going back to his first take days. He's like, I gotta have a hot take on this baby. <laughs> I know I can't coach, so I might as well might as well have a hot take. <laughs> um, also, you know, I'm kind of done with Russell Wilson. His cuts keep showing up, but I will say I'm not done with Jair Alexander because he is talking that mess after the shutdown he put on Justin Jefferson over the weekend. Until Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless, they need to watch what they say when they talk about me. You feel me? That's what, they need to watch what they put out talking about he a good corner, great corner. Okay. Um, by the way, one thing I did notice last night in the outpouring of disdain for Skip Bayless's tweet, Josh Helmer, I don't think a lot of people watch Skip Bayless's show. I, I know that might sound shocking, but I'm pretty sure 90% of the tweets I saw thought he still worked at ESPN. ESPN, how dare you employ him? ESPN's got to be like, we, we, we don't. <laughs> we don't employ him. So We just gave Stephen A. Smith a million dollars. <laughs> right, plus. $15 million. All right, um, big story number two. Number two. I'm going to table big story number two because I have all the bull highlights and all the reaction and all the things you guys want to get off uh, after Lincoln Riley for with the implosion from USC over the weekend or, excuse me, yesterday in the Cotton Bowl. So we'll table that till the bottom of the hour. But four really good, uh, four interesting bowl games, Texas 
or excuse me, Mississippi State wins on a last second field goal and then they ended up covering on a fumble return for a touchdown to win over Illinois. You just got to love it. My gosh. LSU demolished Purdue. Good start for Drew Brees in his coaching career. Then you have the craziness of Tulane beating USC down by 15 in the final, what, two minutes of the game, and they win. And then the Rose Bowl looked like it was trending to be this great game, and unfortunately Cam Rising gets hurt, and it, it just, you know, obviously Penn State was able to roll away at, from that point forward. How do you how do you kind of describe Penn State? Right, well, let's get into that next. But first, uh, big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. So, as always, OU football going to be a major topic on this you know, very radio program. But as it stands right now, what we've learned over the weekend is that, indeed, Braden Willis and Deshaun White are moving on to the National Football League. Uh, Isaiah Coe and Woody Washington announced they were coming back. And Luke Elzinga is the newest punter for the Sooners. Outside of that, we'll continue to wait for any sort of announcement, if, if they feel like they need to, from Dylan Gabriel and Marvin Mims. But Sooners still staying very active in the transfer portal as far as defensive linemen and wide receivers are concerned. We'll, uh, we'll bring the latest coming up next. And I guess we have a chance to see a couple of dudes in the Under Armour football game today at 4 o'clock on ESPN. Uh, looks like Jackson Arnold is going to be playing in that it's, game. It's a good number of players, is it not? Hold on. I got These fonts that we're using now, people, can we get bigger fonts? I know. You, you, you people need to be mindful of the uh, – not young generation. That's right. I mean, literally, you put it in a font that is the size that only someone with, like, 20-20 vision can see. Jackson Arnold, um, Adebawe, uh, Peyton Bowen, Lewis Carter, Caden Green, Johnson LeBlanc, and Petaway. All playing in this game. Okay. So you get four Sooners playing this afternoon in the Under Armour game. And I'll be watching just praying none of them get hurt. That's all I care Indeed. about. Indeed. I watch these games, and all I can think about is Tony Van Zant. Look it up. Quick break. Let's recap the bowl games from yesterday next. All right. Welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. I've always wondered, like, for instance, I had one of my buddies text me, too. We literally said Under Armour game and laid out all the players, right? We, we did that. I didn't dream that, right? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I'm pretty. I'm, I'm 99.999% yeah. sure we did. But yellow get a text is like, uh, here's the Under Armour game. And then someone's like, yeah, the Under Armour game, eight players playing. Literally, we, we, we did lay out and read it right i think they're just trying to help us out i mean i i don't feel like there was too much of a delay we might have just said something all american game instead of under armor but at any rate there is a showcase game that features a lot of incoming sooners i mean I, I i feel like and again i'm getting old so i'm a little bit delayed in these things but i feel like we said and oh yeah you get an opportunity this afternoon at four o'clock to watch some future sooners in the under armor game and then I complained about the font, grabbed my reading glasses, and read the eight players' names. So I don't, I don't know what what I screwed up, but I appreciated all the the clarifications there. Felt pretty confident in the execution, Josh. Maybe I was a step off here or a step off there, but I think, I think that we've got this thing figured out. What is this about JJ Watt that's that's making the rounds? Somebody sent this to us. Huh. Well, I don't. I guess maybe the JJ. Oh, I see. From the nine one eight, let's hit a couple of Air Comfort Solutions text here before we dive into the excitement that is the NFL. Or excuse me, the, the college football bowl games. It's good. He writes, 
What happened last night wasn't the first time, and it won't be the last time. I don't expect you guys to address it, though, since they are sponsoring your show. The NFL? The NFL isn't sponsoring my show, but J.J. Wish they were. J.J. Watt didn't collapse on the field in front of our eyes. Um, He went to a doctor and got it checked out, and then – they cleared him. He, there was a report that said his his heart. I think it was even Ian Rapport because I remember this from October of twenty two. Um, that they said, oh, his heart got shocked back into, but no, it it wasn't shocked back in. He's like, no, 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 that that wasn't what they needed to do for me. But yeah, I I don't know what NFL you're watching, my man. But yeah, that's the that's the first time I've ever seen that happen on a on a football field where a guy just collapses. It was people who brought up the player for the Lions. I think it was Reggie Brown that collapsed in like the mid-90s. I had no recollection of that. I've seen scary neck injuries from what happened in the Tulane game against Tulsa a couple of years ago to uh, obviously Mike Utley and what happened whenever he was with the Lions and how he fell headfirst on the turf and the Dennis Bird collision that he had with the Jets. I've seen it happen in the NBA. Someone had brought up the, the Dallas Stars player that collapsed on the bench. But no, I'm not... This isn't something that happens all the time, and well, I don't necessarily know why we would be afraid to dress it because of sponsorship. Here's what J.J. Watt said at the time, by the way. Go ahead. Quote, on Wednesday, my heart was beating weird. Got it checked out. Got AFibbed so they can shock it back into rhythm. Talked to cardiologists, electrophysiologists from all over the country. Right. I was assured multiple times from multiple people that there's nothing else you can do and I can go back and play like normal. They said it can happen again the next day or it could never happen again the mm. next 20 years. So I was assured multiple times, went back to practice Friday, practice, and here we are, end quote. So, and, and I mean, he made the decision of his own accord. I want to go back yeah. and play football. You know, it's starting to get to that point now. Uh, yeah, Rich Peverly, the Stars had it happen on the bench. It, it happened while he was sitting on the bench, and he had just had a uh, issue a, a couple of weeks before. It, You know what it does, though? It just highlights – for all of us that, again, last night it's bigger than just the game of sure. football, right? When it's yeah. someone's life that is in play, and life is precious. We toss that phrase around a lot, but a moment like that really puts that on display for everyone. It's just You just don't know, man. Um, a couple of other texts, because now we get to that point where guys like myself and, and Jesse G on the Air Comfort Solutions text line wondered, what are you going to do? about this game uh don't play the game if buffalo plays either cincinnati or casey in the conference championship play it on a neutral field well someone still has to have that one seed going into the playoffs because the one seed is a bye right well and the nfl i don't think is going to say yeah let's sign up and let this thing happen on a neutral field as in theory that sounds great the NFL is going to look at the bottom line and say, we want this either in Buffalo or Kansas City or Cincinnati, right? Uh-huh, absolutely. Um, first off, prayers to the family, but I don't think the Bills should be punished, but you also can't punish the Chiefs either. Just an awful situation. Yeah, that's that's going to be interesting to just see how this unfolds the rest of this week. I don't even know when I feel comfortable about us talking about what should the NFL do or right. how is the schedule going to look or th- there's some legitimate questions that need to be addressed there. Right. And I-, I don't know that there's a right answer for how you proceed forward. Sure. First of all, I don't think that the game needs to get played. I don't even know 
it might be the better option to not play the game. But uh, if you don't end up making the game up, then what does that mean? There's so many questions right. there that I just – I don't even know. Um yeah, this is, uh, Justin and Kuita says, unfortunately, I feel like this has happened multiple times in the last couple of years, just not on that big of a stage. Look up how many pro soccer players collapsed in the last couple of seasons. Again, for me, I, like I said, I, I haven't seen it. That, that was something that I haven't seen. I mean, it's just shocking to all of us. I mean, you, like I said, neck injuries, you know, injuries when guys are laying motionless, those are scary enough. But you add whenever we're having to do heart palpitations, yeah, that's – that's tough. Um, <laughs> for the 918. The funniest tweets about the USC loss were, quote, Bob Stoops has more bull wins with Caleb than Lincoln Riley. And, quote, Lincoln Riley has the same amount of bull wins as Bob Stoops, and Bob is retired for six years. <laughs> um, it, it was – some of just the social media stuff out there was pretty good about the uh, two-lane win – like Reddit college football, and everybody made the same joke, but I think they made it first and maybe the best, that congratulations Oklahoma Sooners on the biggest win of the season. Congrats to the Oklahoma fan base. It, it did. I hate to say it, but it was a little cathartic. Right, was it not right. to it, see them lose in that big game? And now hopefully we can all, entering 2023, put the focus entirely back on OU and enough with the Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams stuff, whatever. There will always be a part, I think, for Oklahoma fans where it's not going to bum you out too much to see USC in a little bit of misery. But now going forward, one final cathartic experience, right. and let's focus on OU now. Um, it, it, this was, I told you, my favorite text that I got from a buddy of mine. Um, my buddy Trevor, who texted me, said, I've watched three USC games this year and loved every single one of them, Utah twice and Tulane. I was telling I was telling Mark I uh, Mark Desher happy birthday at OU photo guy today happy birthday by the way also happy birthday to the legend Jim Ross it's good old Jr's birthday which I didn't get to say hi to him I don't know how we missed each other but it was really really good to see Jr on the sidelines yeah he was at the there, Cheez-It Bowl sitting there on the bench was he not yeah I I I mean I hadn't seen Jr all season I know that he had been battling some health issues but man I I, I love that dude with all my heart so happy birthday to the great Jim Jim Ross, who it's his birthday too. But I was talking to OU Photo Guy about just watching USC this season and everyone losing their minds. Oh, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, well, did you guys watch Oklahoma the last five years? I mean, literally, you're, you're watching OU. Incredible quarterback, talented offense, struggling to get things done defensively. That was Oklahoma football. Uh, uh, this was interesting for the 918. Maybe... Brain Willis and Deshaun White just wanted to formally say goodbye and thank you. Well, I would agree, but read that final sentence. With that in mind, I've decided to enter my name into the NFL draft. I would think if you're just saying adios, goodbye, thank you, you're just like, I appreciate it. While my time has expired here, well, maybe that's not the best way to put it, but you get, while I have exhausted all my eligibility, I'm excited to play at the next level. Neither one of them worded it that way. So, you know, with everyone that was just diving all over the place to tell me that Jeffrey Johnson doesn't have any eligibility left, I mean, I have no idea. I, I, I cover this thing nonstop, and I still have no clue about who does and who doesn't. 
And, I mean, I'm still in shock that Spencer Sanders has another season left as he waits out there in the portal. No, I, Sean Clifford was saying his goodbyes last night. He's been in college since 2017. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he came out. I was like, well, you know, he has another year of eligibility left. If he wants to use if, it. If he wants to use it. What did, uh, what did you think about that moment in that game? I mean, obviously it was a little bit overshadowed by maybe the injury to rising. Sure. But uh, – that, that was a cool, that was really little, cool. cool little ovation and moment for Clifford. You know, Sean Clifford would be, if I could have a comparison, Sean Clifford would be like the um, – I think Sean Clifford would be like the Landry Jones of Penn State football. One of those guys that you continue to see and you're like, oh, gosh – isn't there a guy coming to take his job? What's going on here? Sean Clifford was like that for Penn State. I mean, literally, Penn State fans couldn't wait to get rid of him. They booed him. They they booed him in one of their final home games. But they celebrated him last night. As as should have been done. And you asked me, and we, you know, took the break and never really got to it. What, what do you make of Penn State's season, of right. where Penn State's at? I make of Penn State what I made of Michigan State a year ago. Pretty good, good team. Pretty yeah. good team, but uh, obviously not in the same category as either Ohio State or Michigan. A clear tier below, and for James Franklin and company, they got to get that question answered. How do we leapfrog into that next category to where we're in the college football playoff competing for a national championship? They've got all the resources, recruiting plank. You look at it, that – appears that they're recruiting well enough to get that accomplished, and they haven't been able to be in that same tax no. bracket as either Ohio State or Michigan. Now, good win, right? I sure. mean, nice finish, Rose Bowl championship for them. But uh, the question for them now going forward is, okay, what's that next step? We're, we're right there. They're clearly in that tier one below Ohio State and Michigan, but they're not in the same group as either of those two. Yeah, Bruce Feldman tweeted this yesterday. I, I used it a lot. Penn State finishes 11-2. and two. It was their 10th win by double digits this season. They'll finish in the top 10 for the fourth time in the last seven years. The program only had three top 10 seasons in the previous 19 years. And, Josh, it's their first Rose Bowl win since 1994. But yet, for for some reason, it just doesn't feel like they're at an elite level where they need to be, right? Well, because you've got a couple of teams that – in Ohio State and Michigan, legitimate national championship contenders, and they're clearly better than you, and they've clearly both been beating you. Right. Okay, uh, quick break. We'll come back. Text line's good. Uh, i got to be mobile for our last segment, so let's hammer through some of these next right here on the Home of Sooner Fan. All right. Oh, I, I see. Okay, that took me a while. I, all right. I didn't know they were a sponsor of our show, Josh. <laughs> I still don't know what they are. Some of y'all create these ideas of of kind of what we're directed to say that just they're not true. Though Brian did come in here and tell me that we need to make sure we talk about the Cotton Bowl. He was very happy. That's where most Sooner fans. As was Tulane John. The best way to get in touch with this show is the Air Comfort Solution. Dude, did someone heat up fish in the microwave? You smell that? What is that? I don't smell it. Gosh, um, Tulane John, the only 
Tulane grad that listens to this program. Maybe, Josh. That we know of, anyways. The only Tulane fan, though, there was a lot of Tulane fans wearing the crimson and cream yesterday. Yeah, I saw a lot of them on uh, my social media feed. Tulane John writes, I literally have no voice from being at that game yesterday. The energy in the Cotton Bowl was electric when Tulane scored that last touchdown to beat the Mule Shoe Weasel. Good, Good to see Steely's bit still working with people. As a graduate of both schools... What a wonderful thing it was to watch my undergrad school heal up the Oklahoma fan in me. Happy New Year, Tulane, John. Great pick, John. Great so, pick. So, taking the whole Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams narrative out of it for Oklahoma fans, right? Which, obviously, we can't separate ourselves from that. But just as a college football fan, was an awesome game. The way that it finished was incredible. It... uh the other angle, as an Oklahoma fan, didn't it feel nice to just be a casual observer and not directly involved in a Boise State situation? Yes. Wasn't it nice to see Tulane get somebody other than Oklahoma? From that standpoint, it it was Boise State-ish, which good for Tulane, man. I mean, for, for like Tulane John and other Tulane alums, what an awesome moment for a school like that to – to get to have that on that national stage, just a sensational football game, dramatic finish. The fact that it was Plank not a catch and that it wound up being a catch, I mean, everything about it was just awesome. So I'm just catching up on Lindell White's Twitter feed. You mentioned that a little bit earlier. Yeah, pretty good, huh? At the real underscore Lindell will put a smile on your face. And literally, he fights with everyone who tweets at him. He's like me on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. He's like Brando. <laughs> he is he's fighting with literally every single person right now on twitter it's fantastic to see go get go get them and if you need any help oklahoma fans are here to help you um couple good good stuff john i'm really happy that the one tulane fan who is uh the one tulane fan who is a listener to this show tulane john got to be there uh gunny of stutzman army that is one of the greatest things I've ever seen, unfortunately. Yeah, we can't really read it on air, but thank you for sending it. Right. It involves a Valentine's card uh, and basically blowing a lead. You can, you can do what with you, it. Right, you what will. you want. Anthony Lucas in the portal. Can we get him? Boy, that thing just popped in. Um, I, well, Let's wait and see if, if Oklahoma is in the mix for him. Big defensive lineman out of Texas A&M. Just popped his name. Was a five-star recruit, what, just last year? Um, So, scroll down there a little bit. Was Oklahoma in on him early recruiting? No. It was Bama, Miami, among others. Yeah, Oklahoma did did offer. offer. Right. Which, no surprise. Maybe so. I like him. But it looks like... Alabama, Miami, Notre Dame, Oregon were the other finalists. Uh, guy from Geyer. Last thing I want to do is take up for Alex Grinch. He writes the show, but OU's defense sucked before him. Literally, why he got hired. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. Uh, for the 405. To your question about whether or not Alex Grinch sucks or USC just has players. I don't know how many USC fans have told me when they get their defensive players, they will be good. I told them, just get used to saying maybe next year. Bro, I saw that 
everywhere on Twitter yesterday. Everywhere. We'll see. May, maybe there is a moment where they kind of sit back and they realize they've got to go a little bit deeper here and what they're doing defensively. But, yeah. I don't, Speaking of which. Don't. I don't know. Speaking of which, and I don't think this is, you know, having been too close to the situation or any animosity because they left or whatever. Sure. Has anybody – has – Anybody's stock fallen further than Alex Grinch from a going to be a head coach soon? I mean, he has got to be way, way down the list now. It just goes to show you that, man, when the, the stock is signed, you got an opportunity. Sometimes you got to jump at the opportunity. And I know that he interviewed for the uh, Texas Tech job and didn't get it, but uh, you wonder what other opportunities maybe were out there because if things keep going the direction that it looks like, the you know ending here with Grinch at Oklahoma was not great. I know that uh, wh- whoever the texter was playing, they're right that yes, Grinch took the gig because Oklahoma's defense was bad. Guy from the- Geyer. Okay, guy from Geyer, correct. And there was improvement, but then it started going the opposite direction, right? A little bit uh, further into Grinch's tenure here. Okay, now all of a sudden you're at USC, and I get that it's year one on the job, but man, to give up that amount of points and to blow that kind of lead late to Tulane. I don't care what sort of talent you have on the roster. It's not a great reflection on Alex Grinch. No, it's not. And USC fans are mad and they want change, but I don't I don't think it's coming this year. But you're right. He was supposed to be a candidate for Arizona State. Never really materialized there either. They went with the Oregon offensive coordinator who had been there for a year. Uh, one more quick one here. Uh, this was this was this was actually pretty good. Last year prior to the Red River rivalry, Steve Sarkeesian said Alex Grinch has a really good system. I think that says what you need to know. He has a system. He needs the specific players to fit that system. He did not say Grinch was a good coach. He says he has a good system. I'm not sure Grinch knows how to adjust his defense to the talent that he has, a.k.a. coaching. Well, I mean, some could say that's kind of what we're seeing here in year one where Brent Venables has a system, and you're gonna you're gonna do what he's done. That's won championships for him. But yeah, I I'll tell you what. If there was one thing that I learned about Alex Grinch and watching him last year, the dude was a relentless preparer, and he was a really good scouter, and he knew how to try to exploit weaknesses of the opposing teams. But in the end. You know, we'll kind of see how – we'll see how that ends up playing out at USC. Am I am I too naive to not get Jesse's tweet on Lane Kiffin? Yeah, I don't I don't understand it either. <laughs> yeah, it's got back to – is it something supposed to be different in that? It's good. The Lane train, I'll take it every day. Uh, someone had to laugh, loved Muleshoe telling the USC media they were close. Again, everything about it very cathartic. Very cathartic. All right, we're doing a break. Uh, we've got a very intriguing text that we're going to wrap the show up with. Again, Damar Hamlin, no updates outside of his family, thanking everyone for their thoughts and prayers, but unfortunately no true updates on his condition except that he's sedated, um, that he's breathing, and I don't know if he's breathing on his own, but for the most part it seems to be good news that came from the statement overnight for the Bills, but here we are at 11.51 and no, no updates. No updates as far as it's concerned. So quick break. When we come back, 
a man who was frustrated by his experience at the LNC takes us home on the Plank Show. Josh, I just had something really, really weird happen on my drive. Can we talk about it real quick? Sure. Yeah, is everything okay? Well, I'm watching a dude blow right through a red light, so there's number one. I was on the corner of 12th and Alameda, and which is a, a rather common, you know, intersection for us. And there was a kind of cute girl that was standing on the corner. She had like a hoodie on, and she was holding up a sign that simply said, Love is here. And I was the first guy at the corner, so I'm just like, does she want money? I mean, is that her way of panhandling? I mean, mean, her blue jeans would make it look like that she might be homeless, but in the same vein, having two daughters, that is kind of the style, to have just basically blue jeans that look like you can barely put them on because there's holes all over them. So I'm not going to lie, I don't know what the goal was of this. Except just to know that love's here. I mean, comment help. Thought? Yeah, no, I have nothing, uh, <laughs> nothing meaningful to add to that. I have no idea as well. All right, that's just a, a little different approach, I guess. If it is panhandling, but I guess I could have rolled the window down and said, "Hey, what's up?" But the last time I did that, it didn't necessarily go so well. I think I ended up giving like twenty bucks to some. I'm sure the fake medical cause that was out there. You know, the the proper approach, if it was, in fact, uh, panhandling, maybe a question mark at the end of that sentence would have been uh, perfect. Oh, that's right. And it was a beautifully designed sign. Hey, we don't have time to get into the Lloyd Noble Center text, but I I, I think the best way to put it is, Josh, there's still some potential, and I know they had texted to, to TJ this morning, too, Still some issues with getting people through the concession line a little bit quicker. Is that kind of what we're gauging from this? Yeah, just the overall experience. I I would say probably that's right on the money. And I don't know if staffing is maybe a problem for in terms of the concession side at uh, Oklahoma. Right. But uh, sounds like it was a challenge for some fans. Yeah, and again, you, you know that you're going to be stuck in lines at any event. But you also hope whenever you've had that push and it's, it's responded to the way that it is, that those who provide the concessions and those who provide um, the, the, the help would make sure that all hands were on deck for a day like that because that was an awesome crowd. Hey, hope there's an awesome crowd tonight for the OU women's basketball game as they square off against Baylor. It's Oklahoma and Baylor should be fun. We'll talk about it tomorrow right here on the Plank Show. Uh, again, uh, no updates on the on the Bills player to wrap up the show this morning. As soon as we get one, we'll bring it to you. Fun show today. Thanks to KJ Kindler for Josh on Plank. Stick around. Steelman and Tune at noon or next right here on The Ref.